Hi everyone, this is Jacob here, and welcome to episode 10 of the Clown Chat Podcast. This is just going to be a solo uh, solo episode with just me. Uh, we're going to be bouncing around a couple of uh, a couple of different topics. The first topic, um, I, I, I just kind of want to talk about, you know, just, just kind of from a fan's perspective, um, a Patriots fan's perspective, I guess, if you will, kind of give a perspective on just what a special night last Thursday was with the NFL draft. Just a truly, truly, truly great, great thing and a great night for, you know, this this team. And I, I just kind of want to go through, um, you know, what that was and, and just step by step. And, of course, there might have been a little hyperventilating involved. I mean, it got a little... Uh, quite a bit nerve-wracking at that point but so we'll get into that and I also want to kind of give um you know a status update on on where the Celtics are you know and, and just that whole thing and who's injured now who has COVID now all those great things um because that's pretty much all there is to say about this team <laughs> so uh yeah we'll we'll get into that um First of all, um, we do have a couple sponsors, so we're going to do that. Um, first sponsor is, uh, we're sponsored by Show Off Training, Train With Purpose. Um, you can go to their Instagram page, you can go to their website, um, and you can you can order products, you can order, um, you know, you can get, get on some Facebook Live sessions, um, all sorts of great products that will help you... Uh, help you improve your health and improve your fitness and also feel free to catch show off training the podcast which uh releases every sunday i was on there a couple of weeks ago i had a blast um doing it i highly recommend that that you listen to it it's just you know a podcast about um about health and fitness and everything under you know under that umbrella and and, and those sorts of things so that's uh yeah check all that out and then our second sponsor is per36.com, uh, best basketball analytics website on the internet. Uh, you know, the latest thing they've got on there is, you know, really cool. It's about MVP, uh, you know, the MVP races throughout history and, like, who should have won. Um, and they concluded that that most of the season's choices were correct, but there were a few interesting exceptions um, that I would highly recommend Uh you know, I found it very informative, so I would highly recommend uh, checking that out. Um, all sorts of other other great stuff on on there as well. Um, hustle stats and um, yeah, it, it's just a great site. So yeah, check that out. And, and, and now we're gonna get into the show. So uh, first of all, you know, we're gonna get into into the draft, and, and I'm not gonna get too much into like winners and losers and grades and, and things like that. I don't, I don't want to do that too much now because I think we're going to have, um, in a week or two, I think we're going to have uh, some some episodes on that. At least one one big episode on that we're, 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 we're going to do. So we just have to get that. Um, we just have to get, you know, get, get all that set up. But I, I, I just, I felt like before we get too far out here, I kind of needed to touch on, you know, on, on this angle of it, just, you know, because, you know, so we'll, we'll give all our analysis, 
you know, at that point, and, and I'll save some of the hard-hitting analysis. I got some hot, based on some of the articles I've read, by the way, I have some, I have a couple flaming hot takes on what happened. So, uh, it's going to be muscleless, and that pod is going to be muscleless and stuff. Um, I, I already know at least one team, maybe a couple, I am in, like, I have a deep disagreement with, like, the national consensus, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Thursday, um, it's not an overreaction to say that it was, for the New England Patriots, it was the most important draft that uh, this franchise has had since 1993. And we are currently in the year 2021, so that's a 28-year span. And the reason why is 1993 was the last time this team drafted a quarterback in round one. Um and, and it was really, you know, pre-1993, um, it's funny, the, the Patriots were, you know, kind of the team you would think of, um, you, you know, like the Browns, the Browns are good now, but for a long time, the Browns were just this constantly losing franchise, the, the Jaguars over the last, besides 2017, if you take that out, like, um, you know, the Jaguars over the past decade or so, I mean... Um, the Jets over the last decade, like, like the Patriots were that team. Um, they, they really didn't win, but they, they made an appearance in the 85 Super Bowl, got crushed by the, um, by the Bears, the unbelievable defense. So they were just in a bad, a completely bad way as a franchise. And in comes Bill Parcells, and, and he drafts Drew Bledsoe number one overall. And um, you know they've they've got a real you know they've got a real quarterback for the first time in, in, in a little bit. Um, they've got um, you know it just Kraft bought the team a year later. Like it completely uh, legitimized the franchise. So. That was, uh, you know, obviously a huge draft for them to get that pick right, and they did. And, um, you know, they were in the 96 Super Bowl, and then things kind of went south when, when Parcells left, and then Belichick came back. And then we all know what happened in 2001 when, when Brady replaces uh, an injured blood, so it never gives the job. <laughs> so, um, of course, Brady didn't really give that job up until uh, he chose to leave in free agency last year. So... You know, obviously, and, and because of the way that happened, I mean, 1993 was really the last time this team needed a quarterback. Um, you know, they draft Bledsoe. They, you know, win with him for a while. You know, he was obviously not Brady, but he's easily the second best quarterback in, um, in this franchise's history. I mean, Steve Grogan was is probably third, and, and he was... You know, he had his years, I guess, in there, and, and he had a couple of moments. But Bledsoe's got to be, I think, number two in the history of of, of the Patriots franchise. Um, you know, you know, and and they did obviously win with them going to that one Super Bowl. So, so it was a pretty, it was a fairly successful era in there. Era in there, and then obviously, you know, you move immediately to Brady, and then it's like you've got those two guys in there for for two thousand the rest of two thousand and one. You know, Brady done light up the like oh the job and then Bledsoe's sitting on the bench and then Bledsoe gets traded and then Tom Brady starts for the next you know for the next two decades pretty much 
So this team hasn't needed a quarterback since the 1993 draft, and that is why this is the most important draft since then. Um, you know, obviously they needed a quarterback last year too, but it was really a, a, a different situation. Like, last year the team, you know, obviously they didn't even have Cam under contract yet. They, they had Hoyer instead of But this year was obviously more important because, you know, last year we knew it was going to be a bit of a rough go. The skill positions on offense were not great. Um, they didn't have a second round pick, so it's not like like not like they were going to be able to move up and get a guy. Um, and just it was just going to be a rough like it, putting a rookie in that situation did not make sense. You know, it, it just didn't. It it, it was just going to be a rough a rough situation, and it just made more sense to really try to build up the rest of the team um, at, at, at that point. Last year was was kind of just a a rebuilding year of sorts and a transition year, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, obviously they could have drafted Jalen Hurts, they could have drafted Jordan Love, but, you know, putting those guys in, in that situation just didn't make sense. So it was always going to be this year. And, and and you know we hoped that that Cam would have worked out, and Cam Cam might still work out. I don't know. You know we don't know whether last year's passing game ineptitude was the worst receivers in football, or uh, or Cam himself, or Cam's case of COVID. That's part of it too. And the real answer is it's probably a mixture of the three, but. With Cam in his 30s, in his early 30s, and on a one-year deal, you know, I don't think he's the long-term answer. And clearly the Patriots didn't think so either, based on what happened. So, you you look at this team, they spend, after after a 7-9 year last year, that was really Belichick coaching up a 3-4 or four win roster, let's be real. They spend the most free agent money in the history of football. They bring in a lot of good players. And really the last remaining need is quarterback. And you have the deepest quarterback class in a while. The last one I can remember that's like this, that was like this, was, um, I believe, 2018. That was the year that we had Baker Mayfield... Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson. Obviously, the majority of those players ended up being hits. You know, Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson were three-quarters of the quarterbacks in the divisional round in the AFC last year. Darnold was screwed by his situation and still might end up being good. The jury is still out on that one, but I think that was more situation than him. We're going to see it in Carolina, though. And then Rosen was the only real whiff. And even him, you know, he never got a fair shake at all. He goes to Arizona, who just has a, you know, not a great rookie year, a horrible situation. And then gets traded 
to Miami for a second round pick. And then does it end up being the answer in Miami? I guess either, but did he even get a chance in Miami? I don't know. You know, the guy never really got a shot. So, you know, do I think Josh Rosen is going to be ever become a starting quarterback in the NFL? Probably not. But is he worth, you know, a look for someone at this point still? Probably. Um, and, and he was the whiff. I mean, really, the other four guys are, are going to be starting quarterbacks next year. So this is, and this class may even be deeper. And it is deeper. And there's more quality at the top. It's the best quarterback class I can remember in a long time. And because of the year last year, you've got a top 15 pick. You've got the 15th overall pick. So, and just looking at just everything, you know, coming together, it was just, it was massively important for the Patriots to hit on their quarterback in this draft. It was just everything for this team to, to get one of these guys and get a, get the, get the guy they liked, but you know, they needed one of these guys to come in and, and they, and they got him. you know, so it worked out. And oh, am I excited that it did. So, you know, obviously, you know, just just at the start of the night, I'm just nervous, right? You know, I'm a nervous wreck, you know, really, for for however long leading up to the, the draft, I was just a nervous wreck because of just the stakes and how important this was. Because, you know, they had not been able to get this done now. And, and get this get this need fixed now. This need for that long-term quarterback. How are they going to do it? You know, sure they could have gotten, you know, sure they could have gone for someone in the second round. Sure they could have waited a year. Um, you know, who knows? But next year's quarterback class isn't going to be as good as this year. Not near. Not nearly. The Patriots aren't going to have as high a pick next year. Not even close. They should be a playoff team, uh, a lower seed to playoff team, six or seven seed, even if Cam's the quarterback all year. They're, they're good enough. You know, the rest of the team is good enough. So it was, you know, it, it just, it needed to happen now for all of those reasons. So, you know, obviously kind of the mindset going into the draft was, you know, I love Justin Fields. I, I I knew I knew we obviously weren't going to get Trevor Lawrence. I knew we were not going to get Zach Wilson, which and that one I I was fine with. By the way, I'm I'm not a big Zach Wilson guy. Um. And then as far as the other three, um, I really wanted Justin Fields. I thought Justin Fields. Was going is going to be an incredible, and I I still think by the way, so I think Justin Fields is going to be an incredible player in the NFL. I really do. He's going to be a stud. As far as the other two, um, I would have taken Mac. You know, Mac was my then my second choice just because of the you know small school factor and everything like that. That the 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 fact that there is a lower floor for for someone like Trey Lance. And I, I just felt that Mac would be, you know, 
would be, you know, I don't know what his upside is ultimately, but he, he I just thought going in, you know, he would be a good fit for the system in New England. So that was kind of my, my thought process going in. Now, what would I have taken Trey Lance if he had fallen to 15, even though I'm saying he, he would have lost my list? Absolutely, I would have. I, I just want one of these guys at the end of the day. So that was really my thought process going in. It was like, you know. And, 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 I, and it's funny because I was kind of thinking going in like, okay, so the top two guys are gone. Lawrence and Wilson to the top two picks. The rumors throughout the whole thing were Mac Jones is going third. So I was thinking like, okay, you know, Trey Lance and, and Justin Fields are going to fall. Which, um, and, and then we'll see what happens at, at, at four. That four was going to be a big inflection point. So the Patriots basically needed, ideally, ideally the Niners were going to take Lance just because that was the one who, one, I wanted the least. And number two, who, um, I, I think that I didn't think the Patriots were going to be as likely to, to be interested in, um, or at least move up for a player like that. So obviously, the, the you know, it was hard to get a sense on Mac just because all the rumors were going three. But you had to know the Patriots were going to like him. And then there are all these rumors about Fields before the draft, which got me just very excited. So my thought process was kind of going in like, you know, Niners are going to take who they're going to take. Four needs to be Pitts. And, and also, the thing about Pitts was, I didn't want him anywhere near the Miami Dolphins either. So, that was another factor there. And then, you know, get through five. Five won't be QB. Six won't be QB. And then kind of get to seven. And then maybe try to make a deal with the Lions to, to get ahead of Carolina. Because Carolina definitely, of course, de definitely thought going in, you know, oh, of course they're going to get, they're going to get a quarterback, especially if Fields is there. They probably weren't going to get get either Lance or, or Mac Jones, but you know Fields would be in. You know that was his floor. That that was the thought process going in. So, um, and and then you know Denver was going to be a threat to take either Fields or or maybe Mac Jones or so, so you're going to have to get the thought process was you're going to have to get into into that top area there. You know, because again, the thought was was you know, really the, those guys, you know, well, well, really, the thought process going in was, um, you know, obviously four was the big one, and then four, four going pits would give the Patriots an opportunity to trade up to seven because there's no way any of these guys are getting out of the top nine, you know, not with. Not with, with Denver being in talks for Hordak, not with uh, the Panthers being in talks for Fields and Fields potentially making it that far. And, you know, so you're going to have to, the thought process was you're going to have to get to seven, I think. That that was where I was at. And I was going to give up a future one to get one of these guys, especially Fields. So, you know, just, just, just you know, so that was the, going in. So then the draft started, right? 
I'm nervous as all heck. I, I'm just nervous out of my mind. And um, it was kind of a, a, a calm in the middle of the storm, if you will, during those first two picks. Because we knew what those were going to be. We knew that Trevor Lawrence was going number one. And we knew that Zach Wilson was going number two. So, you know, those, those kind of passed through. And then it just started to hit. <laughs> you know, just what are the Niners going to do? Are they going to go with all the recording and take Mac Jones? We, we, we were pretty sure that, that Mac was going here. We were. Um, and, and Or are they going to shock everybody and, and take a Trey Lance or even Fields? We, we didn't think it was it was. We, we thought it would, would be a Lance if it was not Fields. So then the Niners come up to make the pick. And they picked Lance. And that was shocking. So, uh, and of course, as, I, as I'm going through this, right, I'm thinking, you know, well, this is both good and bad. This is good in terms of the draft, that Lance is gone, because there's a bigger chance of Mac Jones, A, being someone the Patriots want, and two, being someone that slips a little bit. And, of course, the other thought in my head is, well, now everything is riding on this. Everything. Because the backup plan, if we could not get one a guy in the draft, was Jimmy Garoppolo. And the assumption was, well, the Niners are taking Mac Jones. So then if, once they do that, the Patriots can flip them, a, you know, some sort of day two pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe a conditional one next year and get bring him back. And then that's your fallback plan if you can't get one in the draft. And it would have been a good fallback plan. I, I, I would have been at peace with that if, if, if things didn't work out and that's how it went down. I, I would have been at peace with that. Not my preference, but it would have been, you know, it would have been better than the status quo. So that was kind of what was going through my head. And then I was just like, all right, well, so we've got these two guys left. We've got Fields and we've got Mac Jones and we've got to find a way, you know, again, ideally I'm thinking Fields at this point. The reports are the Patriots want him. I want him. we got to find a way to make this work. And then Mac, you know, I like him. He's, you know, if we, can, if we can't get Fields and we can get him, that's fine. We just got to get one of these guys. So, um, then number four, I'm, I'm kind of worried. And, and this is where it might have worked out too. I think Atlanta, if they were going to take a quarterback, they would have wanted Lance. So the Niners getting Lance might have been good in this aspect. We'll never know, probably. And certainly the reporting was, was they weren't going to take one, but we'll never know. But um, it could have that could that factor could have helped. So you know the the Falcons obviously. This is where things get real crazy. I am just nervous and um, really hope rooting so hard for them to take top hits, and they do, and it's just such a sigh of relief because, you know, those three and four spots are obviously a huge pivot point. So at that point, I'm thinking just like, okay, we made it. We made it through these two pivot points. Things are looking, you know, pretty favorable. We just got to get to seven, and then we got to get on the phone with the Lions, and we got to make a deal. Right. So five, pick five comes around. 
you know, I always thought the the Bengals were going to pick Chase, Jamar Chase. Um, a lot of people thought they were going to go with Sewell. I was always, um, you know, of the mind that they were going to pick Chase. Um, and they the Bengals did, so, you know, that was not really a, you know, a pick I was too concerned about because we knew they weren't trading and we knew they were not going quarterback. So, you know, that was fine by me. Um, you know, and then number six happened. There was a little bit more concern with this because, uh, you know, I thought Miami wanted either Chase or, or Pitts when they moved back up and, and they're not, they weren't going to get either player. So I thought, well, maybe, maybe Panay Sewell goes here. Like if they really want to get a receiver, maybe they take Waddle all the way up here. Maybe they trade back down. Um, who knows? There's a lot of things they could go here. And I'm just hoping, you know, just, just pick. If you pick, we're fine. Just don't trade for someone get, to get one of these quarterbacks. Uh, then I saw the pick is in, just relieved. Um, and they picked. Uh, and they ended up going with Waddle. Um, so that was, uh, that was fine. So then this is the point where I got a little discouraged because, um, you know, obviously Detroit on the clock. And, you know, this is obviously the, the, the big spot I was thinking, well, they want to move back. They want to accumulate picks They're in the early stages of the rebuild. Like, let's, let, let's move up with them. If we have to trade our first rounder next year, so be it. Just get the quarterback. And... Then we saw the pick come in, and I'm just thinking, oh no, we just lost at least Fields, if not Mac too. We just lost these guys, and, and that's just tragic. And, you know, I was thinking, well, this has got to be Sewell, given given the, the mindset of the new coach in front office in, in, in Detroit. This has got to be Sewell. They want to build in the trenches. Like, they're definitely, they're definitely shocked that that guy made it past Miami and, and they were going to pick him um, and, and once he became available there they were not going to be open to moving down so it was what it was um, you know obviously that pick was off the board and then it really got nervous because I was just like okay well this is definitely where Fields comes off the board that was where I was kind of freaking out like okay Fields is probably going 8 this is his floor Carolina is going to pick him and then figure out what to do with Darnold uh, and number nine, you know, that's going to be Mac. Mac is going to go to the Broncos, and it just is what it is. And, you know, we're not going to be able to... We're not going to be able to get one of these guys, and it's going to be really sad. Because then we're not going to know... Um, then we're, we're not going to be able to do... You know, we'll obviously be able to address the 2022 need with our first round pick and that's great, but we won't really be able to address the one glaring need we have on our team and we won't have a great way to address it for a while. And that's the quarterback. So I was just like Alright, this has gotta this is gotta we just need one of these teams to pass. Just someone pass on one of these guys. So then Carolina comes up and I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, this is this is when I start like hyperventilating and like going crazy. Like, oh my gosh, this is definitely this definitely feels our guys off the board. This sucks. And then the pick comes in, and it's J.C. Horn, the corner. And I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, really? 
And look, I like J.C. Horn. I think J.C. Horn is a really good prospect. He reminds me a lot of a young Stefan Gilmore, you know, a little bit. Um, obviously, probably poor man's Gilmore because Gilmore is the defensive player of the year. But like, you know, just from a play style standpoint, um, you know, there seems to be some similarities there. And, um, you know, the fact that he was the first defensive player off the board too, you know, everybody kind of thought, well, it's going to be either Pat Sertan or Michael Parsons or, you know, someone like that. It's not going to be, you know, Horn. So I'm just thinking like, you've got to be kidding me. We just, we just got lucky. We'd love to see another day because the Carolina Panthers we're willing to pass up on Justin Fields somehow. We're, we're like, what? What the? Like, that's crazy. So that was just exciting. And I was like, all right, well, you know what? That's great. We've still got this pick, uh, Denver Broncos pick here. And that's going to, it's going to be nerve wracking. You know, we've got to, still nervous, we got to get through this pick too, ideally, because, um, you know, and then we're going to have to, we got to get through this pick, and then, um, either way, one of these guys is getting through, and that's good, and then we can start make let, like, get on the phone with Dallas, start making a deal with Dallas, you know, figure that out, because we got to do something, because we've got to worry about, you know, a Chicago, a Washington, Pittsburgh, New Orleans. Like, there were teams in the 20s that were going to be threats to jump up at some point. So it was like, we, we've got to, you know, we live to see another day. We're going to have a chance at one of these guys. We just have to stay aggressive. And then the, the Broncos pick comes in, and I'm just like, okay, this is definitely, definitely Fields. No. Pat Sertan. Like, What? How do both of the teams, and I know that the Broncos got Bridgewater, but, like, how do they pass on these guys? I was just, like, flabbergasted. Like, how are you letting these guys get through? And, and with the Broncos thing, it's, it's like, I actually think the Aaron Rod this is where the Aaron Rodgers news probably helped us a little bit, because if he gets moved, it's, you know, there's a pretty good chance it's going to be the Broncos. So, that was uh, just a massive break. And I'm just like, oh my god. Is one of the, are one of these guys going to make it to 15? Like, like, we need to trade up. We need to get aggressive and, and jump off with Dallas. But is there a chance one of these guys actually just falls? And that's just when that possibility like actually first hit me. Like, oh my god. We might get we might get just so lucky here. Like, we might have won the lottery out of this. So, and then the 10th pick comes up, and I'm just like, all right, please trade up, please trade up. And then I saw the trade thing coming, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, did they do it? And it ended up being Philly. And so, um, I, w I was kind of like, okay, this is interesting. So this could go one of two ways. This is either Devontae Smith, and I was like, this is probably Devontae Smith. There's like an 80-85% chance this is Devontae Smith. 
But I couldn't rule out quarterback just because it was just inconceivable to me that Fields especially was still on the board here. Like, it was just inconceivable to me. So, I was like, alright, well, let's just hope it's it's probably Devontae Smith. Let's just hope it's Devontae Smith. And then we can get even closer to, to this dream scenario happening. Of one of these guys falling or either in reasonable trade-up range. So, then the, the pick came, came in and it was Devontae Smith. So, I was like, okay. Okay, this is perfect. That's perfect. That that worked out perfectly. So, and then we obviously get to 11. And boy, did we have a surprise here. Because then I was just like... Obviously, both these guys are still on the board. And it's just like getting so close. And it's just like... Then the trade thing comes in. And I was just like... Oh boy. And then I saw and then I was like, oh boy, the the Giants, you know, had Philly jump them for their player, because the Giants were probably gonna get Devontae Smith in eleven from the sound of it. And then I was like, Oh boy, the Giants just decided to bail for a quarterback didn't you know, quarterback needy team, didn't they? This is gonna be bad. And then I saw the team and I was just like, Yep. We know what that is it, because it was Chicago and we knew, okay, that that's a quarterback team where the, you know, it's okay because there's still two of these guys left. You know, it was probably Fields, which is who I wanted, but um, I was like, okay, Fields is going to go here and it's going to be sad. It's gonna be it's gonna be unfortunate, but we're still gonna have a shot at Mac and our aggressive um our most aggressive trade up team from behind us is out of the mix. So I was like, okay, this is this is bad, but we, we can we can still get Mac. That that was kind of what I was thinking. And and I was just hoping at that point, like, okay, let's get Mac. If feel if Fields goes here, so be it. But but let's get Mac. And and then I was thinking, you know, if the Giants were willing to move, I'm sure there was some sort of talk with the Patriots at some point. And it's just like, I was just kind of thinking, like, okay, well maybe, maybe maybe the Fields thing was a smokescreen. Maybe Mac is who they want, and maybe, you know, maybe that's the plan all along, and 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 maybe. Uh, they think they can get him, you know, either, you know, at 13, 12, 13, 14, or, or he just falls to 15. So I was like, okay, let me just, let's just root for Mac. And if Fields goes here, it is what it is. It's sad, but, and of course that's what happened. And it was really disappointing to see, but then I was like, okay, okay. We still got our, you know, we, we can still get a, we can still get a guy. We can still get, you know, who I kind of thought at that point was our guy. And um, then at that point, it was really, um, you know, obviously just look, resetting the board. You had Dallas at 12, Chargers at 13, 
Vikings at 14, and then us at 15. I was just like, okay, the only thing that's going to stop this at this point is if someone trades up. And the three teams were obviously Washington, Pittsburgh, and the Saints. You know, those teams could try to trade up still. But beyond that, Mac will be there at 15 for us. So it just truly at this point, it became a waiting game. And it became a game of when you saw a pick was in, you're just like, okay. Okay, sigh of relief. That's good. We, we move on. We live to see another day. That's good. And so that's really what it kind of was like. And, and you had some real obvious, you know, picks in here too, you know. Uh, Micah, I wouldn't say Micah Parsons was obvious because um, I thought Dallas could have gone with Slater. But, um, you know, Micah Parsons, you know, was a good pick for them for sure. And, and it made sense. And then obviously once 13 came around, um, Slater was obvious. I mean, Chargers had to be ecstatic that he was there. And so... You know, and, and and then really once thirteen came around, I was like, okay, there, there's no way they're even going to entertain moving out of this. Um, they're not overthinking it; they're just going to pick Slater and move on. So then it really became fourteen. I was always, I always had my eye too on Minnesota as a trade team because they didn't have a second rounder. Um, they didn't have a second round pick because they they traded it for Ngakwe. And they had like extra thirds or or an extra third because they uh, had retraded Ngakwe in the middle of the season. So um, Yannick Ngakwe had quite the journey last year. He gets traded from Jacksonville to the Vikings for a second rounder. He gets traded from the Vikings to Baltimore once the Vikings season goes south for a third rounder. And then the Ravens lose him in free agency. Uh, to the Raiders. So he had quite the interesting journey last year. But anyway, so I was very scared of this. And I was like, okay, just throw him a fourth. Similar to, to kind of what um what Tampa did last year with, with Tristan Wirfs. Just throw him a fourth. Just, just, just don't get cute. Get the player. We have three fourth-round picks. Like, just throw one. Secure the player. We got to make this happen. And let's go. And so then Minnesota's sitting there. I'm just hyperventilating like all heck. And then the trade thing comes in. I just about had a heart attack. I was like, oh no. Please be us. Don't, don't, don't be one of these teams. And then I saw the team that came up. And it was the Jets. And then I was just had a huge sigh of relief. Huge sigh of relief. Because we knew the Jets weren't going to take a quarterback. They already had taken Zach Wilson. So they were obviously coming up for someone else. So I was just like, oh, thank you. Thank you. This is perfect. We had this guy fall to us. Like, how did that happen? What are these teams doing? I was just like, thank you. This is just... A stroke of luck I never could have even imagined going into the night. You know, here I was thinking, you know, oh, it's a great night. If the Patriots, you know, trade their first and second round pick, you know, to get Mac Jones. Or trade their first round pick and a fourth round pick and their first round pick next year to get Justin Fields. 
you know, here I was thinking like, okay, it's a great night if the Patriots use 15 and all these other assets, you know, to get one of these guys. To have the guy fall to them? Holy crap. That's amazing. So I was just like so relieved and happy and, um, you know, obviously then, then the Jets pick comes in. It's Elijah Vera Tucker, um, the offense, the, the guard. And then we were on the clock and it was just like, okay. Like just, it, this can't be anything else. It, it just can't be. There's no one on the board. There's no one else on the board. The, the, the top 10 players aside from Christian Darisol. In, in my mind. Well, it, it, it was really... I'd say top 11. Yeah, top 11 um, non-quarterbacks. Besides Darisol had all gone. So I was just like... This can't be anything else. You can't pick Zavin Collins or Christian Darisol over... Um, over Mac Jones here when... You just can't. There's no logical reason to do that. There just isn't. So I was just like, all right, just do the right thing. And then I saw the pick. I saw him on the phone in the green room, first of all. And then I saw the Patriots. They made their pick in only like four minutes. Like, like they were not messing around. They, they clearly, um, they had conviction with it. And I was like, okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Still very nervous, but I felt that it was going to happen. And then, you know, obviously they announced the pick, and it's just Mac Jones, and it was just amazing, man. It was such a such a great moment for this franchise, such a happy, happy night for this franchise, and just amazing, just all-around amazing. And just the excitement of now um, having this guy to to build around that's going to be a great fit for us, you know, really smart, really accurate with the ball. Um, obviously, uh, you don't even want to put it on, on the guy because he's obviously not going to be as good. No one's going to be as good. But he does show, you know, some of his backstory and some of his traits on the field are a little Brady-ish. Like... The fact that he, you know, he was behind other quarterbacks at, at Alabama and stuck it out. He didn't transfer. That's something that Brady did. Um, you know, just his play style, just accuracy and decision making above all else. Um, you know, he's a he's a leader. He works hard. Um, maybe not the bet in the best physical shape coming out. Um, you know, all of those things are really similar to. To Brady and and it's just like Brady is is you know is a different thing right like you know there is no Tom Brady Tom Brady is the greatest you know I'd say player but certainly quarterback to ever play the game like he's not touching Tom Brady but like if he can bring some percentage of that back to our team like with Belichick coaching still with the guy on a rookie contract, it was, it's just so exciting to have a guy here to build around. And, um, again, what's his ceiling? You know, people throwing out all sorts of names. I've seen, 
Matt Ryan. Um, you know, that's certainly one I'd take. You know, if he can become that caliber of player. Um, I, I've seen healthy Chad Pennington. Um, you know, Chad Pennington w w was pretty solid back in his day, so that would be fine, you know. But he, and he got derailed by injuries more than anything else. So if you're talking healthy, I've even heard Garoppolo. Like, again, healthy Garoppolo. Like, I'll sign up for that for the next 10 years. And then uh, I've also seen, like, Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. and um, I hope he's better than Cousins, but... So it's just, and obviously you hope he can be better than that. And it's just like, you never know with, uh, with this, he's going into an ideal situation. So you just never know what the ceiling is. He, he could surprise us all and be even better than, than any of those names. You just don't know. So it's just exciting to be able to, um, you know, have this guy to build around and have a, have a really good team around him. And it's just like, I really feel like they could depending on how fast he I don't even know if he's going to play this year. It might be Cam this year. I don't know, but I just feel like the Patriots, you know, they had their one year where they kind of went, we're down a little bit and now they're going to be able to be, now they're going to come back. Like the Patriots are back. If you're a fan of another team and you hate the Patriots and you were happy that the Patriots, you know, were bad and, and were really relevant last year. Well, I, I have some unfortunate news for you. Like, the Patriots are back. They're not winning the Super Bowl this year, I don't think, obviously. But, like, they're a very relevant team again. They're a playoff team again. And they're going to be in a tough out that you don't want to play in the playoffs because of how good they're going to be defensively. And if Mac gets up to speed quickly, and, 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 and I, don't, I don't even want to completely discount Cam. If Cam comes in and has a, a, a good year and it turns out to be the receivers were, were, the, were the reason why things were bad last year, more so than him. I mean, whoever whoever is the quarterback, if and it will, it will be Mac starting in 2022 at the latest, I would think. And I, I, I'm rooting for him to figure it out fast, obviously, but like at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. The best player is going to play. And... You know, if they get decent, okay, average quarterback play out of whoever's back there, this is an 11-win team. Minimum. They have the sixth easiest schedule in football. They have a nasty defense, top five defense. They have an O-line that is really good. And if you've seen some of these guys, they're massive. Like, this offense is going to punch people in the freaking mouth, let me tell you. Like... Trent Brown, I'm pretty sure on Wenu, you've got two guys that are over 350. Like, like look out. And the tight ends, like, you're going to be playing two tight end offense where you've got extra run blocking in the game, but you've also got pass catching threats. And it's just, oh, it's going to be a nightmare. I know they don't have a traditional number one receiver. Oh, like, I know that's, you know, people aren't going to like that. But you know what? They got the, the number one receivers are the tight ends. And the fact that they're going to be a run-first offense. And then you've got Aguilar who can stretch the field. Kendrick Bourne is going to be another guy, you know, in the intermediate area. Jacoby Myers, same thing. Like, they're going to, this team's going to be good. I'm just, I'm just saying. The, uh, Buffalo deserves to be the division favorites after what they did last year. Absolutely. I'm not going to push back on that. But this team is going to push Buffalo. They're going to push Buffalo. 
they're going to make Buffalo sweat. And they're going to be better than the Miami Dolphins. I'm just telling you that. They're going to be better than Miami. Like, like they just are. Uh, you, you can't convince me otherwise. Now, Miami will still be good. I, I think they could have a winning record and push for push for the, that last wildcard spot. But, yeah, so, like, it's just, um, you know, it, it, it's just fun. It, you know, obviously, the Brady, nothing is ever going to top being a fan in, in the Tom Brady era. Nothing will ever be like that again. That will never happen again. But, you know, this is going to be something different. To, to watch to, to watch this young quarterback kind of kind of come along and um, get tutored by Belichick and just see what he can become and I'm just really excited to see how this plays out you know I, I haven't been excited about you know a draft like this in a long long time maybe ever probably never honestly and it's just uh yeah, it's just such a massive thing for, for to happen to this team. It's just, it's just amazing, and uh, yeah, and, and, and then of course just watching the rest of the draft, I was like, well, I would have traded all these picks to get Mac Jones anyway. So who even cares? You know, just it's, it's just gravy, and I like the rest of the picks we made too. So, you know. It, it it just it just was a great weekend and the Patriots are back and it's just gonna be a lot of fun. Um obviously we're looking forward to seeing when the when the game against Brady is and and all that and um I just can't wait. it's been you know, I am just excited for football. Like when's it gonna start? Like let's go. When's camp starting? Schedule release, like like all that, like bring it to me. Like let's go. I'm just really looking forward to, to seeing how all this plays out, the quarterback competition, how, how this team looks on the field. And, you know, now they've got their quarterback for the hopefully the next 15 years, which is, you know, such a huge deal. And the guy fell to them at 15. They didn't even have to move up. Like, holy crap, what a coup. Like, what an absolute coup to have that guy fall to them. Like, just unbelievable. I don't know how I don't know how it happened, but and, and and like I'll say this: they had they clearly had intel from from what I read. Uh, when they were talking to the Niners about Garoppolo, they kind of got the sense from them that they were going to pick Lance. And so Belichick, it, you know, people have compared it to to that end of the Seattle Super Bowl where, you know, he's just. You know, kind of waiting out Pete Carroll and done call timeout and sees this organization is just like, I'm just going to let this go. And it worked out in a spectacular fashion. And people are saying that uh, this is kind of the same thing. So, um, you know, he, he, he has gotten that sense that, okay, if the Niners aren't taking Mac Jones, he's pro- he's going he's gonna to be there for us. We trust that he's going to be there for us. And it was a little bit of a gamble, but you know what? You know, people were saying, oh, we should have, it's not, it's not a good pick because we traded up. Like, no, this is a great pick. This is an unbelievable pick. This is an A++++ pick. Like, to be able to correctly reward, I mean, mean, what am I saying? To correctly read the board that this guy was going to be there still, that Mac was going to be there, 
and then obviously this is who they wanted. We we saw that with how fast they you know how fast they pick when they're on the clock. Like they read the board, they wanted him, they knew he was gonna be there, and they just sat tight and gambled and it paid off and just you know, all the credit is due to the Patriots for, for making this happen and again, all I gotta say is is we're back. Sorry, NFL. Your one year respite is over. The Patriots are back. So the other topic I'm going to get into today is just the the state of the Boston Celtics, which, you know, this is going to sound a little ranty, maybe a little whiny. I I apologize in advance. I'm just fed up with 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 some some things that are, um, you know, really really some frustrating factors going against this team that have been really just just relentlessly pounding this team all year, and it's just. You know, I've been consistent the whole time that this team is the second best team behind Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference when when their players are on the floor. Because you look at this rotation and you've got Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart and the Jays and Robert Williams starting with Pritchard and Evan Fournier and Tristan Thompson off the bench. And you look at that team and it's just like, you know what, that, that's a pretty darn good uh darn good lineup and then you have guys you know guys who can slot in if they're playing well like Neesmith and you know Jamari Parker can score a little bit and you know guys who aren't going to be every game players in the playoffs but if you see a certain thing in there you you can justify maybe bringing them in as a ninth guy you know that's fine you're not relying on them you've got your eight core guys and then if you have a ninth guy that, that emerges that's fine but but the book on this team all year has been, you know, the, the back end of that roster is mm, pretty iffy. Which is what has made this all the more frustrating. And I know the Celtics aren't the only team that has been hit by it. You know, a lot of teams have been hit by it. But it's just frustrating. And it's just... I, I look at you know, what the, what, how things are going right now. Right. And you look at the four teams that were in the conference finals last year, the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Heat and the Celtics. So none of these teams right now are in the top. Well, the Nuggets are the closest. The Nuggets are, I believe, third in the West right now. The Lakers are 5th, the Heat are 6th, and the Celtics are 7th. These teams aren't even in the top 4 of their conferences. And you look at the individual circumstances. Lakers, you lose LeBron James and Anthony Davis for, for large stretches, I mean months. You know, and obviously that's going to have a massive impact on your team when those two players are gone. The Denver Nuggets, the team that has really handled all of this the best. And, and, and I think a lot of that is due to the fact that Jokic has just been unbelievable. You know, he's probably going to win MVP. And, you know, I was on the MB train for a while. 
after seeing that Jokic has, has led that team to nine and one without Jamal Murray, like I, I'm fine with Jokic. Like that's a really impressive. That's fine. Um, uh, obviously getting Aaron Gordon and, and stuff like that, Michael Porter getting better this year kind of helps with that as well because they lost Jamal Murray. They, they lost their second best player to a season-ending injury. Sense a theme here? Like, so they're handling this the best and then they still lose their second best player, probably taking them out of the championship conversation realistically. And then you have Miami who has just... Uh, I mean, they've been hit by injuries. Oladipo's been out. Butler was out for a bit. Like, they had uh, they had some COVID problems at one point. Like, and the thing with Miami too is it's just like they're they're a team that that's just like they're gonna outwork you. And I don't think you can outwork it. This is just the indictment with the you know on what the season is. You can't give consistent effort on the floor in this season. These dudes are just too worn down. Like, you can't do that. And I see it with the Celtics, too. So, it's just... I think that's what's happening to that team. And it's just... This season is just a terrible thing for them. It's just not... A season where they can really hang. And and then you factor in the injuries and stuff on top of it. And, you know... Again, it's because... The common thread with these teams... Is that they are all playing deep into the bubble. And they had such a short offseason that these dudes are out here getting injured. That's not a coincidence. The way the league set this season up is causing these injuries. And it's really an awful thing. So, and then you have the Celtics, who lead the league by a significant margin in time and COVID protocols. And have had their share of injuries themselves. Marcus Smart has you know missed like twenty games. Uh, Jalen Brown's been playing through injuries all year and has missed time. Kemba's you know had his knee thing and and has not been able to play. Um, back to backs. Uh, Tatum has had some stuff here and there. I mean, Robert Williams like it's just a mess. Um. And and they and just. Um, and then, and then just the way that the things have gone. I mean, you saw, you saw in that game against Portland the other night, like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum collided with each other. Like, like what is that? And then they both have ankle injuries now. It sounds like they're both fine. Tatum's gonna play tomorrow. Brown's gonna be day to day. But like, these dudes collided and got injured. Like, what is this? Like, what? Like, what are we doing? Like, the, seriously, the two best players on the team are just going to collide and get injured? Like, oh my god. So, and then it's just like, they literally have, like, herd immunity for COVID. Like, these dudes aren't just on protocol, you know, out because they're on pro- in the protocol. They actually have COVID! Jason Tatum had COVID. And the numbers bear it out. He was not as good when he came back because he was not 100%. And the team was struggling because of it. Like, this isn't rocket science. Evan Fournier 
who they just got was played for like four games and then got COVID. Like, and then he's out for a couple of weeks and then he comes back and all the credit in the world to him, he's fighting like heck to get on the floor because he wants to be out there with his new teammates and he doesn't want to let this team that traded for him down and he wants to be able to learn, you know, how to play with everyone and things like that. I mean, Tristan Thompson got it too. Like, it's just... Uh, and and then you have... And, and this is another thing. Then you have the players on the team that... You know, they see how these pl- players are... You know, how it's hitting these players, you know, when they get COVID. They, they see how it's affecting them. And they still can't get to 85% vaccinate, you know, 85% of the team taking the vaccine. Like, what are we doing, guys? You see up close and personal how it is affecting your teammate. Do you want that? Do you want to get infected with that? Like, oh my god. I got I got my second shot today, by the way. I'm feeling fine so far. We'll see how it feels tomorrow, but I would certainly recommend to everyone out there get your vaccine shot. Let's end COVID. Let's get rid of this thing. Like, let, let's just be done with it. Um, but like, so it's just like all this stuff has just been hammering this team all year. And it's just like, are we ever going to see what this team actually is? Are we ever going to see like one game where they're all playing? We've seen a couple recently where there's like one absence, which is, which is better. But like, and then it's just like the the miscon you know the misability to. Well, luckily, most of this team was together last year, except except Fournier. So that should help. But like, you know, I still believe if they are actually able to get healthy, I still believe in them. Depending on who they're playing, but it's just like if their seeding gets you know fucked to a point where they're in a playing situation. You know, especially if they have to go in the first round against a Philadelphia, maybe even a Milwaukee, like that's just that just becomes difficult. Like, especially Milwaukee, I think they can hang with, but like, um, you know, given what their their past playoff history is like, I I don't think it's you know, I certainly think it would be a very close deal, but like. I mean, it just it, it just feels like it's all coming down to health, and that's really the the point of all this is like just watching, trying to watch this season as a fan has just been really really difficult because it's just like I just think like this is all just BS. Like I just feel like the the right things are not happening here. Like, the better teams are not winning. Just the healthier teams are winning. That That's just what I... How I'm thinking of it. I, I just can't shake that notion. And if anyone has any suggestions on how to help me get, get in a different mind frame, please do. Please let me know. Reach out to me because... I'm just in this space of, like... like I see. I saw a graphic the other day of like Western Conference starting lineups, combinations throughout the year, and it's and, and then I saw that while well, the Jazz and the Suns 
are in the single digits and everybody else is in, is in double digits. And I'm just like, oh, gee, that's funny. The two teams that have exceeded, and I'm not trying to take away anything from these teams. It's going to sound like I am, but Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz have been great. You know, Chris Paul adding to the Suns. Of course, they were going to be a lot better, and they've had a great year, and hats off to them. But, like, geez, who would have thought these two teams that have been better than, than expected have also been least affected by all this COVID and injury crap? And, oh, right, and they also were, you know, the Suns were out in in the seeding games. They they ne- they didn't even make the playoffs in the bubble last year. Chris Paul, you know, obviously going to the Suns was out in the first round, and the Jazz were out in the first round. So hmm, I wonder, you know, the, the mix of events there, like it just feels like that has more to do with it than anything else. Then how good these teams actually are, and then obviously, you know, the Lakers getting hammered. It's like. Well, you know, obviously a team with LeBron James on it and Anthony Davis on it shouldn't be that low, but it's like they're obviously just getting hammered by all this crap. And it's like, oh, we might actually get Lakers Clippers in the first round, which is cool in that it ensures that series happens because, you know, of course we want to watch those two teams play each other, but it's just like, so we're really going to have the two teams that everybody thinks are the most threatening to come out of the West. We're really going to have them in the first round. Like, is that really what we're looking for? Or are we really... Shouldn't they be playing in the conference finals? Or at least the semis? Like... It's just... This whole thing is just, it's just messing up the seating. And it's just... You know, we'll see what happens in, you know, once we get to the playoffs. But depending on, on how things go with the seating and whatnot, it's just... I'm, I'm just saddened by how hard it's going to be to take what happens this season seriously. And, and, and then in the East, you know, obviously, you, you know, the struggles of, of the two teams that played in the conference finals last year. And who, yeah, the Celtics lost Hayward and then replaced him with, eventually with Fournier. And there's obviously a lot of other, you know, bad roster construction factors and things like that in the first half of the season in there that have contributed to the record as well. But, you know, a lot of it has been, you know, this horrible horrible luck and same with Miami you know Miami let Crowder go but yeah they added Oladipo and, and Bayalitsa and Trevor Reza later on so like you know we'll see how things work out with the seeding but it's like no disrespect to the Hawks or Knicks but if that's your 4-5 like I feel like we're really... And one of those... The Celtics or the Heat just doesn't make it even to the second round if that's how it works out. Like, that's just not good. Like, this is not good in terms of getting your best teams deep into the playoffs. And and then it's like, you you, you know... It's like you think of, of how it could, you know, affect things deep into the playoffs, too. You know? I feel like all these factors are, are, are going to be really just influence who ends up winning this year. And it's just really disappointing, you know. I get why the league is pushing through the season. I get it. Cash is king. I understand. But just it's hard at this point to take this NBA season seriously. 
and I, I'm just kind of in a space of, you know what, I know what this team can do when they're healthy. If they're seriously not going to get that opportunity this year, then so be it, and let's move on to next year. And let's just, you know... Obviously, I hope it's us. That would be my preference, would be for, for a healthy Celtics team to actually get an opportunity to show what it can do in the playoffs. If we don't get that, then anybody but Brooklyn. Because that team winning, after with how unseriously they... How, with how toxic those players forced out forced themselves out of their previous situations how toxic they all were and how um and how unseriously they've taken this regular season like that team winning would just be bad for basketball it would just completely delegitimize it would work to completely delegitimize the regular season in the future you know and obviously, they, they've done things, the NBA's done things to try to counter it the other way. You know, try to legitimize it more. Add the play-in in. I think the play-in has helped the, will help the regular season in a future year that isn't just dealing with all this COVID crap. I, th I think it will be something that is a good thing long-term. Maybe, you know, not so much this year if it's forcing, you know, these teams into, into iffy situations. I don't know, but... Yeah, I mean it's it's just uh Yeah, so so, so that's going to be what it is, you know, if it's Philly or the Bucks or um or or the Clippers, you know, especially then then hats off to any of those teams and um we'll see what happens. You know, and hopefully you know, we'll see. We'll see what the seating is, and and we'll see if this team can actually ever get on the floor. Because if they can, I, I really think. I mean, you you see, what's going on with Tatum? You know, he scores, you know, two fifty point games in like a month. One of them sixty in a in a massive comeback win. It's just like this dude is is just transforming before our eyes into, you know, this unbelievable. Now that he's been kind of gotten over COVID a little bit, he's just really transforming into this unbelievable player. And, you know, Jalen Brown has just been amazing too. And he's been, I think we're going to find out he's playing through all sorts of crap injury-wise and that's holding him back. But, you know, considering that that we've gotten this Jalen and he's been held back probably by injuries, like, like, like that's big time. So, and, and that's another thing. So these dudes are like like Tatum is like twenty three, and they had to rest him. They had to rest him the other night against the Oklahoma City Oklahoma City Thunder. Like I'm sorry if your schedule is so condensed and so messed up, the teams are having to you know rest twenty three year olds. Like if it's a thirty three year old, I get it. But if you're in a spot where you have to rest a 23-year-old just because it's that grueling and that difficult, then I'm sorry, you did something wrong as a league. That's not right. Yeah, I know money is, is, is what you're basing this off of, but you know what? That's your explanation, but that doesn't make it right. So, you know, we'll just have to see 
how things play out, you know. Okay. Embiid, look, if the, if, this, if the Celtics face Embiid, Embiid is just going to, you know, dunk on everybody and just dominate everybody, and that's just going to be that. I don't think they can defend Embiid. But, you know, if they can actually get their team on the floor, they, I mean, they've beaten the Bucks two out of three this year, and they didn't have Fournier for any of the games. If they can just get healthy, they can really shock some people. So I'm just, I've kind of reached this point where I'm just at peace with it. You know, I just don't, you know, I'm just not going to care. Like, I want them to win. You know, I'm hoping for a healthy team. I'll believe in them if that happens. If it's just not going to work out, then you know what? This is just dumb. It's the COVID year. They've gotten fucked worse than anyone and next year they're going to be amazing. So that's really where things are at. And I think that's going to just about wrap it up. So uh, thanks for listening. And we'll probably be back with an NBA podcast uh, later this week or next week. Um, we're going to do, I think, a podcast on super teams. Maybe one on trade deadline a month later. We were kicking those around. Um we also, at some point, are going to do, um, as far as football pods, probably f- into July. We're definitely going to do draft grades, um, or maybe winners, losers at some point. You know, we'll, we'll kick around the format that we want to do for that. But we're going to do that at some point. It might be in a couple of weeks, though. I'm not sure what the timing is going to be. And we're definitely going to do um, division... Uh, you know, kind of division, conference, whatever, previews at some point as well. Um, we're probably going to want to wait on that to see what happens with, probably that'll probably be June or July. We're definitely going to want to see what happens with, like, the Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, real quick on that, I'd be surprised if he got traded to a team not named the Las Vegas Raiders or the Denver Broncos. Um, so there's not a ton of outcomes I can see coming there, but obviously... What happens with them is going to influence the standings and what we project in a massive way. So it's just like, you know, to do it, I was going to, you know, kind of lay it all out after the draft, but I don't think I can now. Like, it's just, even though there's like three scenarios here, it's like, or I guess four. You know, he could either go to the Raiders, he could go to the Rongos, he could hold out, or he could play for Green Bay. Um, I, I just... It's just too big of a thing, I think, to, to jump on. We've got a couple of months, so I'm going to... We're probably going to hold off on that a little bit, and then maybe June or July, once we've gotten more clarity on it, or, um, you know, we kind of know more about what's going on. You know, even if it gets by then and there hasn't been much movement, we can kind of say, like, okay, there's a greater chance that he is going to be um, at least... You know, they're going to have his rights still, whether he shows up to play or not. And then we can kind of make projections off of that. So, um, I think the Broncos are the favorite for Rodgers, though. Like, I... The thing is that the Raiders have Carr. Not that that's an impediment. And that actually might help. Because you could flip Carr to another team. Like, let's say, let's say Washington. 
like you could you could send car you could pull off like a three-way trade and like send car to the washington football team and then send fitzpatrick ryan fitzpatrick to green bay to be like the, the veteran mentor to jordan love and then and then washington could could send out a pick or or two or something or whatever the appropriate draft compensation is and then that would make it easier for for Vegas uh, you know and what, and what they have to give up so that one would be interesting um, as far as as far as Denver Denver is really interesting just because um, you know they're really a quarterback away and that's why that's why I thought they're, them passing on fields was so confusing. But it's only going to be confusing, obviously, if they don't get Rodgers. If they get Rodgers, then it was the right thing to do. But, so, if they can get Rodgers, they're going to be really good. They've got a lot of the rest of the pieces that they need. So, it's really just going to come down to, um, you know, for, for them, it's like they could send out Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, to Green Bay in the deal again, to be the, the placeholder quarterback for them. But, you know, it's probably going to cost them more of, you know, more capital on there. But, but one interesting suggestion I saw was, well, you know, what if you have, what if you swap Pat Sertan and Eric Stokes? You know, obviously Sertan, the ninth pick by Denver, Stokes, the, the 29th pick by Green Bay. It's like, you know, you could obviously... You know, Sertan is is more highly regarded as a prospect. Like, you could swap those guys as part of the value in the deal. So, there's definitely some different scenarios where, you know, you can make that happen. Maybe it just ends up being two first round picks. Who knows? Um. So, again, I, I think Denver is probably the front runner at this point, but um, of the two, but we'll see what happens. And, you know, we're just not gonna make a prediction um, before before that, that thing comes down. You know, or we at least have a little bit more clarity on maybe what's going on. And and it just gives us some, you know, we can kind of pace this out a little bit. So, um, again, expect draft grades, draft grades or winners, losers, or something like that in the next, uh, you know, in, in probably a couple of weeks or so. And um, expect... Or maybe next week. I don't know. Sometime in the next in the next little bit. Um, expect an NBA pod um, either this week or next week because we're gonna we've been kind of shortchanging that, and we definitely want to bring that content to you. So uh, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be what we're gonna do. So thanks for listening, and have a great night.